This is an Emmaus Church podcast. For more information about Emmaus Church, please visit EmmausDenver.com. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about our future, uh, our present, and then uh, give a warning that I think comes from Second John and also give some hope. <laughs> so uh, our future, our present, a warning, and some hope. And uh, four points, shorter sermon, I, well, I'm pretty sure we're okay. Um, so our, 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 here's the thing. I, I just, and this is what I wanted to share earlier that I didn't share. As, as I have prayed for our church, as I ask God for wisdom, as I go to him and I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm encouraged by ways that he is like revealing his character and his goodness and his grace to me, to the elders, to you guys, even in conversation with the community, I think there are two things that really stand out to me. One, that something that I feel like he's very making very clear to us, and then something that's missing. And I, the thing that I think is very clear is this desire and this orientation around uh, our drawing near and being in the presence of God. The, the, uh, I've said it a handful of different ways, but I, I like to say that the gospel is uh, not an end goal in itself. It's the means that gets us to the end goal. Like we cannot enjoy our creator unless Jesus goes between and brings God and man back together. Adam messed it up for the rest of us, but now because of the death, burial, and resurrection, because the, the, the law has been fulfilled, because the, uh, the punishment we deserve has been poured out on Christ, you and I, according to the book of Hebrews, can now step with boldness into the throne of grace. We can be with God and enjoy him with no hindrances because of what Jesus has done. And that's a wonderful reality that I think has been encouraging uh, to the elders and has been something uh, on the lips and in the ears of the people even in our community. The thing that, I, that is difficult for me, I, um, it was the anniversary of my mom passing away a week or a week and a half ago. Uh, and it was only two years ago. And so it's really, there's like a, there's like a, there is like a hole there, you know? And I think that will always be the case. It's sad to me that I won't be able to like, she's never seen me as a parent, you know? Like I won't ever get to like share any of that. And so it's like so fun wrestling through these things and crazy. Um, but it's like, she would be the first one I would call and talk to regularly about stupid things I've done and great things that I've done and everything in between. Um, and so it'd been really fun to like talk to her about some of these things. So there's just like a hole there that I, that I feel, and it's not all the time, but when you lose someone that's close to you, that's like a, a normal experience. It's a normal feeling. And I, I share that because when I think about, and I just kind of, I feel like I just want to say this out loud. When I think about how God is going to use a Mayish church to impact the space around us, I feel that hole. Like, I don't have an answer for you. I, I feel that hole. And I don't think that is uh, anyone's fault in particular. <laughs> I think what God is doing is he's, he's put us here and he's brought us to this place. He's knit this community together. We've 
there's been a lot of just encouragement and joy uh, in, in relationships that we have in Emmaus Church that most of us haven't had in other places in our life. And I'm super thankful for that. And I think there is a clarity from God to say, you can grow and you can uh, mature and you can have a deeper and better understanding of how you can draw near to me and all the things that you do in your life. And that will bless you and benefit you. But as I look to the future and say, then how is he going to use that? And what is that going to look like around us? Whether it's in our neighborhoods, whether it's in this building right here, whether it's at your job, whether it's in your home. When I like look for that thing, whatever that thing happens to be, I feel like there's a gap there. Like I feel a hole. Like I don't have, um, I want to have a cool thing to rally everybody around and say, this is how we're going to change the world. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that. Um, I do believe, so I think then thinking about our future, then I think Second John is kind of a neat little space to help us kind of process our present. Uh, what we just read in Second John is it's just a neat little space to help us uh, process our present. And I'm kind of kind of like, uh, if you look at verse 9, I think this is sort of like the, the center point, or this is sort of like a lot of things circle around this. And in 2 John, verse 9, he says, Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. So, goes on ahead of what <laughs> is a good question when I read that verse. And I think it, this is, I mean, there's, this is like the tiniest letter ever. I think that J John is helping us go by saying, does not abide in the teaching of Christ. He's trying to help us understand like where we should be present. Like where, we don't want to go ahead. We want to like be present somewhere. And let's, so I'm going to back up a little bit. If you have your Bibles open in 2 John, look at verse 5. It says, and now I ask you, dear lady, and I'll stop right there for a second. This interesting, uh, Cole and Ben brought up the point that uh, it's likely that when he says the elder to the elect lady, and then he says, your elect sister greet you, he's talking about uh, the church, like a corporate thing, like the, the lady the sister is like your sister church, uh, the, the bride of Christ, the elect lady. And part of what lends me in that direction is all the yous in the, in the letter are plural. So it's like you, y'all, uh, which Cole said we need to bring y'all back into vocabulary. I, I'm, I'm more a you all kind of guy. I don't know if I'm a y'all. I just, I grew up there. It's hard. I have some trauma. Um, <laughs> around y'all. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Justin. Um, but uh, so, so he's saying, I, I, so, so we can think of, it could be an individual, but the, the, when he talks about what you do and what you have, he's talking about a, a group. Um, and he says, and now I ask you, dear lady, and a little, little line in our Bible says, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but one that we have had from the beginning. This is very similar to the language that John uses in the gospel when Jesus is saying the similar things to the disciples, that we love one another. 
I'm asking you that we love one another, that we consider church. He's saying church. Your primary focus should be on your consideration for each other. And then he says, and this is love. Okay, let's, you know, uh, explain the love. (laughs) This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And then he goes back to the singular. This is the commandment. This is the single commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning. He's encouraging us in our present as we, he warns us not to get ahead of ourselves, he's encouraging us in our present to ensure that we love one another. And John says in John 14, 15, which I think I had that perfect. It saves me from looking it up. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is Jesus talking. So when we talk about keeping the commandments of God, those are in, intricately woven is loving our creator and enjoying him because if we if we keep his commandments it's jesus saying it's you it's because you have love for me and who i am it's because you're you have affections for me and this is jesus speaking as our creator and that those those you can't do one and not the other you will love your neighbor as well and particularly the people in your community and so there's this interplay between both of these things and i think that's just an encouragement from john He's saying, don't veer from this. In verse eight, he says, watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for. Watch yourself so we may not lose what we have worked for. We have no idea what this is. You know what I mean? Like we don't have any context around that. And I think that God does that in scripture a lot of times intentionally so that we can most broadly apply this. Like he's talking one church to another. He's saying, you know where your focus needs to be. You know where you need to not get ahead. You know where you need to be presently. You need to be intimately concerned with loving God and loving neighbor. You need to be intimately concerned with loving God and loving neighbor. To me, that's encouraging because we can look ahead and say, I don't know where God is taking us or what is going on. But to have someone like John say, don't get ahead of yourselves. Let me tell you what you need to cling to so that you don't lose everything you've worked for. And man, I know Emmaus has worked for some things. (laughs) Like we've been through some stuff and it's been a little bit of a train wreck and beautiful and everything in between. Um, But I'm I'm very thankful that we're here. I'm very thankful that like becoming a parent last year for the first time 14 years into my marriage and having a three-year-old that can instantly have fun with your (laughs) three-year-old, you know? (laughs) Like, those are just, like, those kinds of relationships are just, like, there was no, that was just smooth, you know? I come over, they have fun, we chit-chat. It's like, I literally just, like, fit right into that little space. Um, So, but I, you know, I can say the same thing about people who have been in my gospel community. It's, you know, just to be able to go and hang out with Cole for, you know, I don't get to spend as much time with him as I would like to, but just be able to hang out in the mountains and chat about whatever and disagree about stuff, you know? Like our, we were going back and forth the entire way in the car about some particulars. And like, I enjoy that. And I love that I have like the kind of relationship I have with Cole. And part of that is that we've been through the fire together. Part of that's that we've 
made each other upset. I sort of toned down my language there, you know? And, and when you have the kind of longevity and you have people that you've been around and you build these kind of relationships, I think what John is saying is he says, dear sister, church, family, don't get ahead of yourselves. Focus on loving God. Focus on loving your neighbor. And the Lord will work the things out that need to work out. I already kind of touched on the warning. He says, don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. There are a lot of ways I think we can get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, just, yeah, you gotta keep, I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. <laughs> Bridget's getting on a plane and going to California. I have to figure out what school the kids that just got dropped off go to, whether I take them, do I pack a lunch? I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> and then I'm supposed to drop off my car at the shop for tomorrow as well, because it has a tire leak and badly needs an oil change. So I could get ahead of myself <laughs> and have anxiety about that. And, and you know what the, probably is the first thing I'm going to lose in that space? is love of my family and love of God. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want to lose the, the, the beautiful relationships that I have at home and that I've been building, and, and, and I don't want to, to spin or, or think about some of these things that, that may not, I don't, I don't know how it's gonna work. I don't wanna get ahead of myself in that sense. But I, I, this, is, this is, John is actually talking to a church, from a church, and I think it's just easy if we, we apply that a little bit more broadly. It is good to ask the question, how is God going to use our community? Like, what, what, how is, as he shapes us, as he molds us, as, as we're formed by God, which I think a lot of us have in a bunch of crazy ways over the years, as we're formed by God and we're shaped and we love him and we, and we draw near him more and, and we demonstrate the love for each other and the love for God, it's okay to ask, like, what is he gonna do with that? I think we should be asking, what is he gonna do with that? But if we get too caught up in trying to answer that question at the expense of loving each other and focusing on our love for God, I think he's warning us to say, hey, you could lose what you have if you get ahead of that commandment, the commandment that we've had from the very beginning. How do we love each other and how do we love God? He gives an interesting parallel. Um, you know, I, I love little tiny letters like this because you're like looking for every little hint at something because you don't, you have, you know, 13 verses to go off of. But he's talking about the love and he's saying, he's encouraging them to love each other. And then in verse seven, it switches to like the warning. Ver verse seven is where he's kinda, kind of uh, dis uh, saying, okay, I, I told you all those things about loving God and loving each other because this is where I'm going. And it says for, it's like because, you should care about that because many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Christ Jesus in the flesh. Those who do not confess the coming of Christ Jesus in the flesh. So we have these many deceivers, so we should focus on love, 
those who do not confess the coming of Christ in the flesh. And then he also says, those who go on ahead and don't abide in the teaching. So it's like, it's an interesting, like the people you should be worried about are those who go ahead and don't focus on the teaching of loving God and loving neighbor and those who deny the coming of Christ in the flesh. Now, when I first read that, I was like, did like denying the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you know, like, like he came for real, died, rose again. Okay, what? No one in church has like told, denied that, so we're good, you know. Um, and then it was interesting, Ben commenting on this passage was like, oh, we shouldn't deny that he's going to come and like restore all things. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I kind of like that too. We should deny that as well. So, but I, I, what's fascinating is that John uses that in the present tense. And I think what he's doing is he's trying to give us our hope. As we focus on loving each other, as we focus on loving God, there are a lot of other things happening that can be stressful, that are stressful, that, are, that need to be figured out, let's just say. Like, like life is happening around us. And it sounds like it's like kind of one of those things where it's like, we should just love each other and love God. Like, oh, that sounds great. Amen, you know? And then it's like, but I still have to figure out what to do tomorrow. <laughs> and I will, <laughs> you know? Like I, I, uh, uh, as a church, we still have to make a budget and like plan ahead and pay rent and do all those things. Uh, we still have to, uh, wonder what it looks like for our two communities as we are, are with each other. Now, we don't have answers for, for a lot of those things. So I think what he's, when he says his coming, when, when it says deny his coming, that verb is actually in the present tense. And I think what John is trying to, here's what I think to what John is kind of communicating. I'm going to pull some stuff from other places that John has written in the New Testament where he's used this Phraseology. I really think what John is saying, those who would deny his current in the flesh rule and reign. Like, I can't love this person because I have to make this happen over here and they're in the way. Because I'm sovereign. I can't orient my day or time to to draw near and enjoy who God is because I might drop the ball over here on something. And I think what John is saying is when he talks about those who deny the coming of Jesus in the flesh, the present tense, not past tense, not future tense, those who deny the present tense coming of God in the flesh, I think are those who would usurp his throne and set aside the commandments. It says they're not abiding in the teaching. And because they're using the circumstances, they're using the things around them to deny the reality that Jesus is in fact ruling and reigning today and making every enemy his footstool. And they're using that as an excuse to not love God and not love neighbor. They're denying the active involvement of King Jesus in how he will build his church. In a sense, Emmaus, or scum of the earth, is not necessary for Christ to ensure that he raises up all the elect on the last day. There's a real sense in which he will not lose anyone. And maybe bring it home a little closer. 
you cannot fail your child if God has predetermined to unite them to Christ for all eternity. Yeah. Any more than you can fail your best friend that you're cared about. Like Jesus is reigning. He is showing up regularly to accomplish his purpose and build his kingdom. I think that, I mean, maybe it's just, maybe it's like bias as a pastor. That's refreshing. <laughs> like, because I'm not able, you know, here we are, you know, X number of many of us, like, well, <laughs> but it's just nice to know that I can actually focus on caring for my brothers and sisters, loving my family, enjoying God, and King Jesus will take care of the rest. He will. Maybe not how I want him to. <laughs> Probably not. I'm just going to say you are not as wise as him. So I'm guessing that the way he works out your life is not exactly how you want it to work out. <laughs> but he's promising to do something, to build something, to, to draw you near to each other as we're uniting Christ and to draw you near to God if you don't get ahead of yourself and don't lose track of the teaching that we've had from the very beginning <laughs> to love God and love our neighbor. He will sustain us in that. Um, I wanted to make the point from Revelation, but I don't think it's super necessary. If you have questions about how that is grammatically presented, <laughs> In 2 John, I'll happily share other passages in the book of Revelation where we're talking about actual times that Jesus stepped in and either put out a church or stepped in in his coming and supported the church. Because he's in charge. And we, don't, we look back and celebrate when he came. We look forward to the fact that he will come. But regularly, King Jesus is coming to build his church, to spread his kingdom, to ensure that you, not only are you justified, but you're sanctified and you'll stand before God in glory despite yourself. And so I think that, and maybe for me, it's encouraging to hear John say, look, I don't want you to lose what you have. I don't want you to veer from what's most important. So from one church to another, don't get ahead of yourself. Be asking God to help you orient yourself around enjoying God, loving God, having a sense of his presence, and doing the same for those who are, are made in his image. And so I think as a church, as a Mayist church, as we say, as we want to focus and we want, I ask for prayer to just like not drift from the, from the, in, the purpose, the intention, the, the, the big why. The big why is to enjoy and glorify God. He wants us to be present with him so that he can change us and shape us and mold us. And I think, genuinely believe, we will worship him for all eternity as he shows us the ways that he's used us to build his kingdom. And in some sense, I think even as we trust him and we believe that he's faithful and we see him work in our lives, most of us can look back and say, that was a, tr what was up with that? 
And then you can look back and say, whoa, God was really using that. God was really shaping me. God was really molding me. There, was, there were things that came out of this that I couldn't have seen then that I see now. And I praise and I worship him for that. And I think some of us are just in the space where we are thankful and we can say that God has done all these things. Some of us are in the space where we're like, what is he doing? What in the world is going on? And I think John, and, and I think the elders, maybe for coming off of this weekend, are in the space where we look, we're trying to look forward and say, what is he up to? Like, how can we uh, discern what God is using us for and like move into that in a, in a good space? And I think regardless of kind of where you're at there, John is saying, hey, 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 don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. Be encouraged if your focus and your intention is on loving those around you and drawing near to worship God, Jesus will take care of the rest. He will legitimately will take care of the rest. So I hope that's encouraging to you wherever you are. Let's pray and ask for his help <laughs> believing those things. God, you are really good. Um, even as we were singing this morning about what your son has accomplished, um, I was freshly encouraged that uh, all the important things are actually taken care of. The, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ ensures that I will stand before you with fullness of joy for all eternity. The, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ ensures that everyone the Father has given Jesus, he won't lose a single one of them. And you are calling us, Lord. You're calling us to draw near to you. You're calling us to love one another and to trust our King that he will build his kingdom exactly how he wants to build his kingdom. And Lord, I, I, I want discernment. I want clarity. I want to see how you're molding and shaping us. I want to see how you're glorified in and through the people that you've brought together here. I want to see that. And I ask for that. And I ask for the patience to not get ahead of myself and to just focus on enjoying you and loving those around me. Help, help us all with that. Uh, in your name I pray, amen.